Hi, I'm Dr. Sonia Whitaker, host of the Sonia Whitaker Podcast 2.0. The purpose of this podcast is not to admire problems. The purpose of this podcast is to identify issues that are impacting education, either directly or indirectly, and to provide for you recommendations for how to resolve the issues that have been identified so that you may continue about the business of ensuring that all students gain equitable access to a quality education. You have been called to lead during such a time as this. You have been called to lead during such a time as this. Pushing the needle for public education. If you have had an opportunity to listen, you are aware that in my first podcast entitled The Sonia Whitaker Podcast 2.0, gracefully broken, then you are aware of an experience that I had just a few weeks ago in which I was provided the opportunity, literally at a moment's notice, to deliver a keynote presentation during a national conference. If you haven't had an opportunity to listen to that podcast in particular, I would ask that you do so because it will help provide for you a frame of reference by which I engage in this conversation with you. My attempt relevant to this podcast in particular is to simply take various parts of the presentation that I conducted to a very, very large audience and share it with you so that you may continue to grow in your equity work. Now again, the topic is you, and in this case, I also have been called to lead during such a time as this. And what I want to share is that although many of us are in the same profession, it is important to recognize that we all view the world using many different lenses. And those lens are, lenses are most likely connected to our, not just our social experiences, our academically, our academic experiences, but also related to our cultural experiences. And so as a result of our varying experiences, very often as we continue to do this work on behalf of children, we will recognize that we have differences in beliefs about what is best for all children. What I'd like to begin to start out doing here is to suggest that we can actually draw strength from one another, even if our cultural experiences, our academic experiences, and our our social experiences are different from one another. There can be strength in our differences. But what we've got to do is to practice what I call the policy of intentionality. We have to be intentional in our efforts to maintain a high level of respect for one another as human beings, just on the human level. And in my humble estimation, that's where the work begins and and that's where the work ends. And so I'd like to pause to you as I posed to the audience that day on stage 
a question, and that is, what does it mean to push the needle? Webster's Dictionary tells us that pushing the needle means to have enough of an effect that people will notice a change, that they'll notice a difference. And so what I'd like to ask you to do is to just pause for just one moment and think about your respective organization, be it at the school board level, be it at the district level with your cabinet, be it at the school level with your staff, or the classroom level. The question that I want to pose is, what is it that you want to change in a way that you and others can actually see, notice, and recognize the difference that you want? And I'm not here to suggest on this podcast that your system is broken, but I really do want you to begin to ask yourselves, if nothing else, what else can I get right? What else can we get right? Again, you have been called to lead during such a time as this. But it's important for you to be clear about what it is that you are up against. You see, many of us that are in the field of education went into the field of education because we weren't interested in politics. But what I have come to know and believe to be true is you can't escape it. There is politics in education. And in order to push the needle forward as it relates to accomplishing the goals that we've established for ourselves and for the students that we serve, we got to be clear about that. And so for me to suggest that you got to be clear about what you're up against, I'm going to go back to my tagline, or the lack of a better term, and use it to provide for you information relevant to what I believe that you are up against. You see, you have been called to lead during a time in which little black girls like me are being sent subliminal messages during the banning of books that people that look like me that women in this case that look like me have made little to no contributions to society. You have been called to lead during a time in which poor children of all races are not having enough of an opportunity to gain equitable access to a quality education. You are being called and have been called to lead during a time in which children are being discriminated against based on not only their religion, but their sexual orientation, their native language, and in some cases, even their disability. And so what I would like to do for just a moment is to pause and let you hear me speaking directly to the audience that I spoke to on a national stage in Orlando, Florida. That a little dark-skinned black girl that looks like me shouldn't have the ability to go in her classroom library and pick up a book that says that I'm into 
intellectually capable of achieving at high level. That's right. You are being called to lead during this time. You are being called to lead during a time in which black, brown, and poor children are being denied the ability to access curriculum that suggests that people that look like them have made significant contributions to this society. You are being called to lead. You are being called to lead when little white children, like my board and I saw yesterday. My board and I, we went on the field trip yesterday. Oh, that's awesome. We rolled through the city. We visited two schools. And at dinner last night, a board member said to all of us, she challenged us, she said, what did you take away from that? I said, what I took away from the experience that I had today was I saw white children talking about culture and diversity in the state of Florida. What I saw Talk about it. yesterday was white girls braiding little black girls' hair and little black girls braiding white girls' hair. I saw children playing together. I saw children that had no idea that the grown-ups had so much drama going on. <laughs> I saw kids that wished that we would just knock it off so that they could be about the business of learning from one another this time, from growing from one another, from being together. You are called to lead during such a time as which, in which not only do black students but white students and Asian students and rich students and poor students need you right now. And so what I am going to suggest now is that yes, you have indeed been called to lead, but this work has never been for the faint at heart. It's not easy. It never has been and it never will be. And so what I want to encourage you to do is to begin to think about where you're going to get your energy from. And in part, the energy that you will need to do this work will come as a direct result of you being ready to do the work. <laughs> you see, I'd like to share with you that I am a sorority girl. And when I um, became a member of my sorority, my big sister, as we referred to them then, gave me essentially a line name, a sorority name. And that sorority name is Ever Ready. And the reason why I was given the name Ever Ready is because my big sisters in that instance, my sorority sisters, could never catch me off guard. Regardless of the circumstance or the situation placed before me, I was always ready. And so I would like to use that example to suggest, again, that if you are going to be successful in your endeavor as it relates to advocating and fighting the good fight on behalf of America's most vulnerable students, you've got to get ready. In fact, you've got to stay ready so that you don't have to get ready. 
And that is where you will begin to draw your strength from. In summary, you have been called to lead during such a time as this. You must be clear about exactly what it is that you are up against, which means as much as you want to, you cannot ignore politics and education. You must be clear about the extent to which the outside politics impact your work as an ed educator, as a school board member, as a parent who's contributing to the school or school district environment. You got to be clear about that. I also want you to be clear, as I referred to in the first podcast related to this topic, about where you will go for your source of strength. It is the reason why I'm still standing. It is the reason why even in fighting the good fight, and as I have shared uh, publicly, I have battle wounds just like many of you, but the reason why I remain strong and steadfast to working toward accomplishing this goal is because I am clear about my source of strength. And I'll close by suggesting that you make a commitment to not go at this work alone. Advocating on behalf of America's most vulnerable students can be a very, very lonely, lonely space to be in. And so you've got to cling to and reach out to others that are in this space, that are on this journey along with you as another source of strength. And let me share this. It doesn't have to be a large group of people. I will close by quoting Margaret Mead who states, never doubt that a small group of committed people can change the world. It is indeed the only thing that ever has. And remember, you got this. Thank you for listening to the Sonya Whitaker Podcast 2.0. You can follow Sonya on all social media platforms at Sonya Whitaker, S-O-N-Y-A-W-H-I-T-A-K-E-R. Also, you can access her podcasts on her website, SonyaWhitaker.com. Click on live and on-demand radio to listen to previous podcast episodes.